Save the date for the 12th of September. Join our webinar on digital transformation in manufacturing. We are exploring how IoT, AI and smart factories are reshaping our sector. Hear from industry leaders like Airbus, Rolls-Royce and Heriot Watt University. This is a must attend for professionals and decision makers in manufacturing. So register now at resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. That's resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. The link is also in the description. I had a great conversation this week with Hadi Mostazade, Senior Technology Officer at the University of Warwick and a member of the STP Forum. His focus is squarely on helping to drive the growth of the manufacturing sector, so there was plenty to talk about. We discussed how the STP leads change across the industry, how government can help build a strong manufacturing sector, the challenge of diversity and inclusion, and of course, the Euros. From Redfern Media, this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Hadi Mostazade. He's a mechanical engineer with expertise in technology, innovation, strategic planning and leadership across both academia and industry. He's also a member of the STO Forum, driving the growth of the manufacturing sector by helping companies of all sizes incubate and develop new technologies so they can become commercial reality. Welcome to the show, Hadi. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Pleased to be here. Your focus then is lobbying the government to put more of a spotlight on UK manufacturing. And we're going to get into that in just one second. But before we do, I understand you're a massive football fan. Is that right? Yes, I am, actually. Yes. Um, so just watching or tell me how, how you get involved in football. Now, now you mentioned that. Obviously, I'm um, busy these days with uh, watching and following Euros um, a lot. and looking forward to the next week's match with, with Germany and um, best of luck to our team. I should say we're recording this in June. The first round has finished and we're heading into the next stage. Who do you think is going to win overall? I'm going to bet on England, obviously. So best of luck to the lads next week with Germany. And um, yes, I, I, I'm, and between games, I try to simulate some of the games on my Xbox and play FIFA from time to time. Football and sport in general has always been a sort of um, meditation technique for me, to be honest, um, right. to, to, to clear my mind, um, sometimes play tennis as well. And yeah, it works. Well, the Euros are uh, a little bit too stressful for me at the moment, but um, fingers crossed we, we go all the way and uh, have a good tournament. Yeah. So let's talk about manufacturing. And first then to set the scene, how would you describe the state of the manufacturing sector in the UK at the moment? And what are the most pressing challenges it's facing? We all know that manufacturing has um, always been a key driver for um, UK economy. Um, and the UK manufacturing sector is um, on, on the top 10 in, in the world um, by output, we, we know that. I've got some figures here, um, almost 45% of um, UK global exports comes from, uh, from manufacturing sector and over 60% of UK R&D investment goes into this, uh, into this sector. So you can see the significance of the manufacturing sector to the UK economy and to the society as a whole, really. Um, but clearly there has been challenges over the past um, 12 to 18 months now for, for, for the whole economy, including the manufacturing sector. The impact of COVID, obviously, and Brexit uh, as well. 
And I think in both cases, we have seen the significance and the importance of manufacturing sector in bringing um, the, the, the strengths and the power of the whole society together and respond in the best and most effective way. Now manufacturing are increasingly um, um, becoming, um, all of the manufacturers increasingly becoming aware that um, even when the pandemic ends, it will um, leave behind some fundamental changes, such as um, and the greater deployment of technologies, digital technologies, automation, focus on more fundamentals around connectivity and smart factories and developing um, supply chain um, to be more resilient uh, in, in such cases. And I'd like to um, touch on the third major challenge on top of COVID and Brexit as well. Um, and that would be probably the challenge around the, uh, the skills and, and the shortage of the skills for the sector, especially in emerging technologies these days. I believe this is uh, one of the major challenges for the whole economy not only in the UK, to be honest, across the whole um, across the whole globe, and um, that's why we have seen skills and workforce development as one of the top three priorities in the recent government plan to build back better. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the very brief summary of the current status. Yeah, so there's a lot to do, and you're dedicated to helping manufacturing climb that mountain. Um, you're a member of Catapult, uh, which helps companies incubate and develop new technologies. Can you tell us a little bit more about that mission and how you're involved exactly? Uh, yeah, you mentioned Catapult. Um, the, the Catapult network as a whole in, in the UK now supporting businesses and industry in, um, in taking advantage of research um, and development and and basically transform the research and innovation into commercial landscape and commercial outcomes. So catapults, um, in fact, bridging the gap, as we, as, we, as we say, between universities and research base and industry and business world, basically, in creating and shaping the future through that innovation and uh, ecosystem, which sits between fundamental research and commercial um, outcomes um, from, from, from those research. Um, the High Value Manufacturing Catapult, HVM Catapult, is one of the nine catapults established and funded by UK government to focus on, on the advanced manufacturing technologies and the associated technologies in that space, um, basically to turn great ideas in manufacturing into reality, supporting the UK um, manufacturer, manufacturers. And WMG, Warwick Manufacturing Group, is one of the seven HVMC centers, high value manufacturing catapult centers across the UK. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, I'm the senior technology officer, SDO, based at WMG Center. So my primary role as the STO is um, driving collaboration uh, across the seven HVM catapult centers in the UK. Um, and we do have a number of um, cross-catapult teams and projects to, to enable that, a number of mechanisms in place. Um, I'm a member of the STO forum, as you mentioned, where I am um, the lead um, STO uh, on cross-catapult teams and projects mainly related to electrification and connected and automated mobility, um, as well as automation and robotics. And, and that's because WMG is the lead center on these areas. Um, I would say my focus in my current role has been um, uh, uh, has been on three major themes. 
one around um, net zero transportation, which covers electrification and connected automated mobility. And the second one around sustainability and circular economy um, aspect of um, the, the manufacturing ecosystem. Um, and the third one, which I initiated that when I joined the Catapult team at WMG, um, is um, skills and workforce development. And that's probably because of my background in um, education and training. Um, and I have been and I am now leading and driving a number of um, sort of initiatives and projects um, in, the, in these areas, um, which includes technology strategy development, road mapping activities, engaging with the stakeholders, um, all of them in, in, in support of WMG and um, HVM Catapult's delivery plan. Well, it sounds like a, a great holistic um, approach to all the things that the industry needs right now. Can I ask, how long have you been involved with Catapult and what progress have you seen across that time? I have been with, uh, with the Catapult team at WMG for three years now, um, just, just over, over three years now, really. And um, I, I think um, I, I like the, the, the word used, the, the phrase you used, um, uh, holistic view and holistic uh, approach to support industry. That's what we have been trying to do over the past 10 years of the um, of establishing the whole catapult network really in the UK to have a coherent support from government's investment in technology development and innovation to um, to make uh, uh, to make it more impactful for the whole of society. Over the past three years, since I joined in High Valley Manufacturing Catapult and specifically around the cross catapult activities, which I'm in charge of. And we have tried to make it more uh, uh, more effective and efficient in terms of uh, um, the external messaging for industry, making it more seamless and uh, and um, facilitate industry access to our facilities and assets and expertise across the whole catapult network, and create a sort of one HVMC. Um, um, story for industry, so they they are not confused when they uh, when they go to one of our centres in in the north or in the south. And um, we we have been trying to make it a joined up effort from uh, all of our centres to um, to create that that line of um, offering for industry to take advantage of research and development at university base and at research base. And what can manufacturers do to really make the most of Catapult? From from their point of view, how can they get involved? That's actually a good question. And then I would say that for, for the whole Catapult network, that's the one million um, pound question, really. If, if we can answer that, then um, um, it will become much, much easier for all of us to um, work and lead. Really. That's what keeps myself and most of my colleagues awake at night, really. <laughs> um, trying to put more... Um, more mechanisms and more um, um, uh, catalyze in place for industry to come forward and to take advantage of what we currently have and what and the way we want to to um, to support them. I, I would say that the first thing is really for us and for industry to have more communication and collaboration and and direct collaboration and communication and making it um, like we understand each other's, we understand each other's um, strengths and weaknesses and where we can be, um, we can be helping each other basically and, um, and complementing um, what's, what's eventually needed for the society. 
uh, complementing each other to to benefit the whole society at the end. That's that's the whole purpose of um, what we are trying to do at the moment. Understanding what industry needs and then translating it into um, into um, academic language and, and research based um, 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 uh, working plan basically uh, is what we are trying to do. But unless we don't know the, the exam question from industry side, we wouldn't be able to translate it into into another um, uh, another language and another landscape. So I think more collaboration and more sort of interaction with industry is um, is something we, we, are, we are after. We have always been um, um, after and uh, we would always welcome um, um, more industry and companies uh, coming forward to us. I think one of the uh, one of the things you've probably heard and you've probably seen in the news and in, in articles and in um, newspapers uh, about catapults is catapults are um, um, only focusing on big names and big companies and OEMs like um, uh, Rolls Royce or Airbus or Jaguar Land Rover and that's it. Uh, and I would say I would accept that to some extent up until five years ago, but we have been trying to change that um, that perception and to change our uh, our um, activities to respond to what actually the overall supply chain, all of the SMEs and mid caps and um, and um, and uh, smaller companies would uh, would need um, with regard to support um, for implementation and deployment and taking advantage of um, technology development in their own businesses and then becoming um, part of the overall uh, um, UK um, UK PLC basically. And you've written a lot about how innovation can support supply chains. What do you think are the most significant innovations out there that you're excited about at the moment? I think um, the fact that recent pandemic has um, made us to stay home and to work from home and and um, uh, staying away from each other for quite a long time now has shown the significance of digital technologies in every aspect of our, our lives really. From online shopping to video chat with family friends to um, digital workplaces and online meetings and workshops and all of this, I think the, the role that digital technologies has uh, played over, over the past 18 um, months in all of our lives has been really, really considerable. We have also seen a major move from all manufacturers to develop and deploy more digital technologies um, on their shop floors and provide more flexibility for their production planning and for their workforce, basically, to be more effective and efficient. Um, I would also add that um, um, data and connectivity obviously plays a major role here. Um, and in fact, all of the um, collaborations and joint up efforts to overcome the current situation uh, uh, wouldn't have happened uh, without data analytics and connectivity technologies. Um, and, and the role of such technologies becoming more prominent in every aspect of our uh, um, new technologies and solutions um, um, in, 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 the, in the coming years, from um, smart houses and buildings to smart transportation systems to, to smart factories and, and productions. And um, if, if I want to add one more um, um, detail to this, um, um, to this story, it would be the underpinning concept, which is the artificial intelligence, AI, 
and the fact that AI now becomes uh, more embedded in people's lives, really, the fact that AI will be the foundation of the next industrial revolution, as it's now called Industry 5.0, um, integrating a socio-centric approach to technology development and deployment. Um, so, yeah, I think if I would summarize it, I would say that at top level, it's digital technologies, data and connectivity, and AI would be the most exciting innovations and technology advancements um, we have seen over the past two, three years, really. Yeah, it's very interesting developments in all those areas. You're also the STO lead on the CrossCatapult Net Zero Transportation Strategy teams covering the automotive, aerospace, railway and marine sectors. Can you tell us why that particular job is so close to your heart? Yes, as I mentioned earlier, the um, role of about the role of catapults and now the role we are playing in achieving net zero across different sectors. And obviously, WMG as the lead center for um, uh, for transportation sectors and um, to support transportation sectors and um, uh, specifically around automotive. And we have other centers supporting this um, this mission on aerospace, railway, and marine sector at the moment. Um, I think um, as, as we are the lead center for net zero transportation strategy team, um, I, I would um, see this as, um, as a great opportunity to showcase the UK strengths in this area to the whole, um, to the whole world and to um, play our convening role, not only in Europe, but in the whole world in support of um, all of the new technologies and new advancement in um, in uh, transportation systems, uh, whether it's in um, electrification, electric vehicles and batteries, whether it's in power electronics and motor drives, um, or um, or um, even manufacturing and and logistics um, within a shop floor uh, or between um, different sites of um, um, a factory. Basically, I would say transportation is obviously plays a, a big role in everyone's life. And because of that, uh, I think it's, it's, always in, it's always been important to think about it more strategically and to think about it more um, holistically in terms of connecting it to overall policies and social responsibility for everyone in terms of um, using and implementing the best mode of transport. Now we are hearing more about micro-mobility solutions as well or cycling and, um, and electric bikes um, uh, as, as, as another solution. And I think we will, we will see more of these being implemented and embedded in, um, in the country in the coming years. Um, I, I have to say, I'm really proud of um, my role in this team. It's a team of excellent uh, researchers and technologists and experts um, from different sectors. Um, coming together um, to and bringing expertise from different sectors together um, to um, develop a coherent um, 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 sort of offering in terms of uh, supporting industry with um, development and deployment of technologies in this area. Absolutely. A little bit earlier, you mentioned sustainability. So can I ask, what can the manufacturing industry do to ensure that we hit the sustainability targets set by the Paris Agreements? Uh, yes, well, sustainability and circular economy again is an, um, is another cross-cutting themes for everything we do in our lives, really. Um, 
as I said, from, from shopping to um, to um, communication and transport and everything else, really. I think what manufacturers are now trying to do is um, cutting the carbon emission and embedding and um, integrating more strategic focus, develop and deliver more in the uh, environmental friendly solutions and technologies for different stages of manufacturing, whether it's through supply chain logistics to um, design and planning to um, and and eventually when it comes to recycling and um, um, So you also touched on uh, the skills shortage and we talked about the potential crisis this is for industry and you know across the UK. What, what do you think is the solution to attracting more talent? I think this is a very, very important question and this is going to become a major challenge for the whole UK industry if we don't act now, really. Uh, and it is across all of the sectors, it is across all of the um, technologies and um, yeah, we really need to think about it more holistically, as we mentioned before, um, and more coherently, really. Um, I think what we are seeing at the moment, uh, and what UK has always been great at, um, is developing technologies and um, uh, the great research development base we currently have um, in, in the country, great universities, some of the biggest universities of the world are um, here, are based in the UK. And uh, the problem is we um, develop all of those technologies, we do all of the invention, and then it doesn't, um, we, we, we don't have enough workforce and enough skilled people in the country to anchor the value add from those, um, from those, um, um, from those activities in the country for the society here in the UK industry and government and private sector and universities they, they all they all need to work together to overcome this issue i would say to to um to attract more talent and to um, respond to this um, um to this major challenge it's important that we do a foresight um or uh, an, uh, to, to develop an understanding of where the technology is heading, where the technology advancement is going, and based on that, develop and deliver um, skills and workforce development packages and, um, and um, uh, initiatives alongside all of those technology development and um, research activities. We, we all have seen a, lots of roadmaps for um, aerospace sector, for electric vehicles, for different um, um, technologies like digital, like AI, um, and, and they talk about the development of individual or specific technologies, specific products, and um, cars, vehicles, um, but we have not seen a um, sort of a similar roadmap for a skilled people and workforce to, um, to deploy and to, um, in, um, to um, anchor the value add from all of these technology development in, in the UK and in the society. And that's as important. We 
do that first and we understand and we foresight the industry needs in that respect. That was the first thing. Because many of the um, jobs um, people are currently at, for example, in auto sector, and uh, in internal combustion engines, they won't exist in 10 years time. We know that. But the workforce will be in the sector for the next 20, 25 years. What we're going to do with that workforce? We need to reskill and upskill the current workforce. And that's, that's, um, that's the first thing we really need um, to think about. Reskilling and upskilling the current workforce based on the technology advancement and based on where we are heading with, uh, with all of those um, new um, innovations and, and uh, research and development activities. And then the second thing would be, um, how we co-create um, um, curriculum and contents um, with, with industry for that purpose. We currently have a lot of fundamental um, um, courses in mechanical engineering, electronics engineering, in um, uh, civil engineering, you know, in all of the engineering and manufacturing disciplines. Um, but when it comes to actually implementing and applying those knowledge in industry, it needs to be updated every um, um, every couple of years, in some cases, every couple of months, really, um, because of the uh, fast pace of um, technology development in those areas, like digital. Um, what we have been teaching to students um, um, two years ago is not relevant today. We know that. Um, and the, the, the knowledge they gained through their um, um, uh, Master of Science in a digital course two years ago is not up to date for today's um, world, really. So what we're going to do is co-creating curriculum and content with industry, not only for um, um, longer term courses like undergraduate or masters or apprenticeships, but uh, to develop more um, short term solutions like short courses and CPDs and for, for, for current workforce and have incentives in place for companies and industry to come forward and to put their, their workforce into these courses and keep them themselves um, um, uh, competitive in, in, in that market. And I think that third um, uh, step here would be uh, how we diffuse and how we deliver those courses to, um, to those industrial um, people, to those um, um, uh, workforce. And I think, again, industry need to play a role here as well, alongside universities and alongside education and training teams in, um, in, in universities and in colleges and FEH colleges. Um, we will need industrial people to take an active role in delivering those courses to their colleagues and to their workforce as well, and make it, making it more into the language of um, um, that, that industrial sector. Um, so making it understandable and making it more um, appealing to their workforce to take advantage of that. So yeah, um, just, just to summarize that, I think foresighting is the first step. Um, um, creating and co-creating curriculum based on that foresight process and then delivering and, and alongside industry, that would be probably the three steps to, um, to uh, uh, overcome this challenge and to respond to it uh, correctly. So there's a lot of work to do, but there's a plan in place which uh, should give people some confidence. Hope so, yes, I'd, I'd, I'd like to uh, think so. And we are working with different um, bodies, specifically for the automotive sector. We are working with Auto Council's uh, Skills Working Group um, and some other industrial bodies like Faraday Battery Challenge, um, Faraday Institution, and um, Driving Electric Revolution. And we are trying to basically 
um, uh, implement this methodology for electrification sector at the moment. Um, so at WMG, we are sitting um, um, between these organizations plus a group of employers we have um, formed uh, over the past few months, bringing all of them together and trying to do the foresighting process now. And we are now um, uh, towards the next stage, which is developing a, um, a, a series of short courses. And um, we, we are obviously um, um, uh, getting a lot of industrial inputs through our industry advisory group and all of these um, industrial body we're working with. And they, um, they seem to, um, um, to, to find it valuable at the moment and they're all very supportive of this, this initiative. Um, I'm, I'm really proud um, to, um, um, to say that I initiated this, um, this um, work when I joined the Catapult team back in 2018 and um, now trying internally at WMG, bringing expertise and, um, and, um, uh, and knowledge from our research groups, from our education team, education and teaching team, and from our industry engagement all together. Um, to deliver a coherent um, solution for um, skills and workforce development for electrification sector and for automotive sector. And we hope um, this will be an exemplar for the rest of sectors and technologies. Um, and we are, we are presenting it to different bodies and, uh, and we, we have been receiving some positive feedback, feedback about that. And, and related to the skills gap issue, um, diversity and inclusion, uh, the, the gender d uh, gap there as well. How, how are we looking at on those scores? That's, that's a very, very um, uh, important point and a very good question, actually. Um, uh, equality, diversity and inclusion is becoming um, one of the major points, again, in all of the government's planning. We are, we are seeing a lot of, uh, um, a lot of um, major uh, strategic initiatives around that in um, UK research innovation um, sector at the moment to have um, more people from a um, more diverse background involved in all of these activities. And I think it's, it's very, very important we understand the concept behind that, which is um, when we have a diverse, um, uh, a diverse society, why not use it for every aspect of the work we are doing? When we have different thinking and different um, uh, different approaches and different um, um, different way of looking at, um, at solutions why not using it and bringing all of um, all of the possible and potential options together to have a, um, a, a, a comprehensive um, um, sort of solution for any challenge we are, we are facing. And that's, that's the whole concept behind all of these um, diversity and inclusion, really, to have more and more um, um, ideas and innovations and inventions um, um, coming together for the purpose of societal benefits. And it wouldn't happen if, it, if we rely only on, um, um, on ideas from um, males or um, from, um, from a specific group of um, society, really. So we really need to um, to think about it that way, and um, and and that that's what we are we are trying to do at university level at the moment, and we are, we are seeing, as I said, a lot of push from industry as well to have more female um, leaders, to have more female engineers, and um, uh, women in science and engineering and um, programs and initiatives as um, 
um, has been launched in many of the organizations and it's 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 a good positive um, vibe to be honest my wife is uh, an engineer and she and, and i always feel um that um she, she's she has um a, a, a bigger role than me in this sector to be honest and um the, the, the fact that she's um, dealing with a lot of issues as a female um in 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 the workplace uh, where it's very very much male dominated and uh, it's um it's it's always um uh inspiring to see a female engineer um, um uh, developing and delivering solutions and innovations and and um and being successful and i i always admire her because of um, because of that and I always um, admired all of my female colleagues as well in, in the office at Warwick at WNG in, in, in the whole capital network. Um, and I really hope we see more. Um, and it's not only about male and female; it's about all um, backgrounds and all the, the, the whole of society, as I said, uh, coming together to um, to, um, to to add societal value add. Absolutely. It's a very, uh, you make a very convincing case for, case for a positive uh, future with everybody involved and everybody kind of pushing the industry forward. Um, Hadi, thank you so much. We're going to end the show the same way we do each week. I'm going to ask you uh, for the one invention that if it was never manufactured, your life would be unbearable. What, what invention could you not live without? Oh, that's, that's, that's a good question. So, um, I, I would say, yeah. Uh, I would probably say cars, uh, because um, yeah, as I said, um, um, and I, I, I might, I may be, become boring by now, but transport is an important aspect of everyone's life. Really, personal cars, public vehicles, and transportation systems play a major role in everyone's life. Really, um, my passion for cars made me choose um, mechanical engineering. I always wanted um, to design and engineer cars, and you can see that I'm based at WNG, where we uh, work on the development of future transport systems and technologies alongside um, some of the big companies and smaller um, companies in this area. Um, so for me, it's cars really, uh, not only because of their function and the transportation solution that they provide, but also due to the um, the joy of being involved in developing underpinning technologies for them um, and, um, and collaboration and industrial partnership opportunities that it has uh, um, given me throughout my career so far. Fantastic. Uh, all it leaves me to do is say thanks to today's guest, Hadi Mostazadeh. Subscribe to this podcast in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon and Google Music. Thanks for listening to this edition of Remake Manufacturing. I'm Stuart Black. See you next time.